93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable. Glad that you have joined us this weekend. We got a great show planned for you. This is, uh, I do 52 shows a year. And I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite shows that I do every year. It's an opportunity to, to sort of uh, sit down and uh, visit with someone who has been paying attention uh, to economic indicators in our community for over 30 years. Uh, Jeff McClellan is a former chairman of Landmark Bank. Uh, many, many years in the banking industry. But uh, uh, Jeff, when you first came back to Columbia back in 1987, you kind of started paying attention to some of these key economic indicators because, as I recall the story, um, you uh, you didn't want to be surprised by anything in the banking world. Tell us a little bit about your background and, and uh, uh, how you started doing these numbers. Fred, I started uh, in my banking career in 1973 at Republic Bank in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, that was an interesting learning experience, let's put it that way. Yeah. I, I got both my BBA and MBA at SMU in Dallas, but uh, I got my PhD in the mid to late 80s in, in <laughs> Dallas after the, the Texas economy went through a terrible time. Yeah. You know, there was, there was a big run up in price of a barrel of oil, believe it or not. It got all the way up to $50 a barrel. Yeah. And, and then it crashed to around $12 a barrel. Wow. That increase fueled a bunch of speculation in real estate. Yeah. And when the, when the bottom fell out of the oil market, guess what? The state of Texas was in trouble. Yep. And uh, so at that time, the top 10 banks in the state of Texas failed. And I, I thought at that time, I'm not going to have this happen to me again in my career. Mm-hmm. So when I got here to Columbia in 1987, uh, I just started tracking a bunch of economic indicators because yep. I wanted sort of an early warning system. Uh, to kind of tighten things up, if you will, from a credit standpoint, if if the market was turning. And, um, you know, dropping back again, a bank, assuming it has good management, is pretty much a reflection of the, of the local economy. Yeah. If you have a good local economy and you've got good management, you know, the bank can be in pretty good shape. Yeah. And the vice versa also. Yeah. I mean, the, the opposite is true. Yeah. And we've seen that happen in this market. Yeah. Uh, you know, here, what, about 10 years ago? Yeah. I want to just, uh, you were no stranger to Columbia, Missouri, uh, even though you moved here from Texas. Uh, you had, uh, as a, as a kid, you went to the Missouri Military Academy. Is that right up in Mexico, Missouri? That's correct. And, um, and you also had an uncle that lived here in Columbia who was a, a very well respected, admired, uh, senior executive for State Farm, Don Dugan. That's correct. And a lot of people listening to this program will remember Don very well. Um, and, uh, now did you spend part of your childhood in, in the country of Mexico? I was born and raised in Mexico City, Mexico. Mexico City. Wow. Yeah. I spent the first, what, 14 years of my life there. Yeah. And in, in a bicultural environment, which honestly was a great way to grow up. I bet. You spoke two languages. You know, you you understood the Mexican culture, if yeah. you would, uh, as compared to the American culture, and there are significant differences. Yeah. And anyway, it was a it's a great way to grow up. What took your parents to Mexico City? Well, my dad was with the Rockefeller Foundation, okay. and, and he uh, was their staff photographer. 
and also ran the he was the business manager if you will for the office there in mexico city which was their international headquarters Mm -hmm. and he traveled six months out of the year you know to wonderful places in africa and southeast asia and philippines you know where they their goal was to make the world self-sufficient food production that was their stated mission okay and my dad is the rockefeller family out of from the east coast john John d Rockefeller. wow okay in fact i met john d rockefeller when i was about five years old Right. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And now, was your uh, mother of Hispanic uh, heritage? Or, no. Or she, also... she was Don's sister. Okay. Don Dugan's sister. Okay. Very good. They, they were yeah. both from a little farming community over in Illinois. Okay. Wow. So, okay. What a great experience. Yeah. Uh, 13 years. That's something. Well, uh, these numbers uh, that you have been keeping track of, it really has given a lot of people in our community perspective uh i think that if you don't really study your history uh you're 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 bound to make the same mistakes and as uh moving forward and and i think it's uh uh some of the numbers that you have put together and and have been just uh uh remarkably compelling and and it's uh i've invited you to speak to large groups of people several times and and you over the years have probably uh i'm I don't know if you've kept count how many presentations you've given, but uh, probably way too many to count. uh, I'd say hundreds. Yeah, hundreds at least. Um, So um, I want to kind of just go back. And and one of the things that that has always been kind of a leading economic indicator in our community is is sort of the real estate market. And and, uh, there's been some... Uh, very tumultuous times in the last couple of years with in the the residential real estate market, uh, and we I I suppose there, it could be said that there might be some tumultuous times ahead for the commercial real estate market. But tell us a little bit of what you're seeing in Columbia's real estate market. What what trend have you followed in the last couple of years that's interesting to you? Well, you're absolutely right that the last couple of years have been fairly interesting. Um, taking you back to let's say February of 2020. You know, everything was as normal, whatever normal is, it was. Yeah. And then in February 1920, we had the, the COVID. Uh, February 2021. 20, yeah. 20. It was oh, 20. Oh, was it 20? Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. All it right. was 20. All right. And, you know, all of a sudden, uh, things changed. Yeah. And, and your first thought was, this is not good for the real estate market. Well, guess what? The exact opposite happened. <laughs> we had a real estate, residential real estate yeah, yeah. market that was on fire. I mean, like I have never seen it mm. for roughly um, 18 months or so. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just absolutely a seller's market. Uh, biggest seller's market I've ever seen here. Even though we sold more homes back in the 2005, 2006 era, mm-hmm. the big difference was this time uh, was that. Up and down the, the, the scale of homes, if yep. you will. It used to be anything under probably 200 or maybe even 150 sold very rapidly. Yep. If you had a, uh, a more expensive home, yep. like, say, above 250, you know, it, it took a while to sell that house. Yep. I mean, had, somebody had to walk in and really fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. Or if not, they'd build their own to whatever their desires would be. Anyway, we had the hottest market I've seen um, up until about, the end of last year first part of this year yeah and then guess what happened you know interest rate well the fed started bumping up interest rates and and i thought i'd just uh you know for what this is very important to our discussion because what's happened to interest rates well if you look at the 30-year mortgage rate it was in the low threes when this year started yep by 331 it was 467 Mm -hmm. by 630 it was 570 by 9:30 it was 6:70 it went over 7 
in November. Yeah. And I just saw, uh, just read, I mean, literally, while you were out, um, I just read that it's back up to 642 from 627 this past week. And, you know, that is more than a doubling of mortgage rates, which, you know, and that's a what I'm quoting you is a 30 year fixed rate mortgage, which typically is what people use. I um, I'm not bragging, but I kind of am. I locked in at two point two five in March uh, for 15 years. And so, you know, it really I had no idea. You know, last December, you and I were talking. And one of the things that we talked about was the somebody said that the Fed was going to raise rates three times in in 2022. The Fed, the Fed said it. Yeah, and we're like going, <laughs> um, well, th- that's crazy. You yeah. know what I mean? Why would they do that? Yeah. Well, they ended up raising it seven times. Yeah. And you know, I think the. Fed funds went from you know uh, you know maybe half a percent up to four and a half percent you know actually it went from zero to point two five was their yeah their guidance range back in uh, March right and yeah. right now it's in that four two five to four fifty range yeah which means the prime rates at seven fifty it was at uh, three fifty yeah that's you know, the so. and and I think you know I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on this um, I'm doing a little bit of work in the banking world right now and and the talk is. These current interest rates are kind of the new normal that we really shouldn't expect them to go down much uh, in in the coming year. Uh, I mean, is that possible? What, what's your take on that, Fred? I, I think things are pretty screwed up mm-hmm. uh, worldwide. By the way, yeah. Um, I wrote an article for the Tribune here about four or five months ago mm-hmm. that I really thought that this was about where we were going to end up. Now, what's interesting is that the interest rate markets, you know, the bond market, the treasury market, actually jumped higher. And, and right now, you still have a classic inverted yield curve. What, it, what does that mean? One of, one of the relationships I look at is um, the 10-year treasury versus the two-year treasury. And when I wrote that article, I, I looked at it this morning because I was trying to refresh my memory a little bit. But there was about a, a 1% difference between the two-year, which was at, at – four and a half and the one year a uh, 10 year excuse me which was at three and a half mm-hmm. and what that tells you that's an indicator of, of a couple things at least one they the market is paying more for a two-year rate than it is a 10-year rate so you can just anticipate that rates are the market's telling you rates are going to come down hmm. you know that's why they're trying to get the higher yield oh. typically if you look at a, a normal yield curve you get what is called a risk premium yeah and you know your two years say is at three your 10 years at four and the one percent incremental uh difference is is your risk premium right now it's completely inverted hmm. and what that tells you is that the market is expecting interest rates to come down okay and why is that because a yield an inverted yield curve often is an indicator of a, an oncoming recession so that you know you, you got the mixed bag there and yeah. that is that uh things maybe aren't going to be so good on down the road yeah which is why i think rates may come down another thing the the reason another reason i think they're uh, almost peaked out is that the world um financial system can't stand high rates there's way too damn much debt out there mm. I, I read somewhere there's $12 trillion of, of sovereign debt in do- dollar denominated. Now, when you say sovereign debt, what do you mean by that? Uh, country debt. You oh, know, really? Like our country debt is $31.5 trillion. Yeah. You know, guess what 1% means on our debt service? Yeah. $315 million. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. And what that does 
is that that squeezes out whatever else is need we need to spend money on yeah. as a country right you know and right now we're spending about six trillion dollars a year you know and it, add a trillion dollars in debt service yeah which is what we have done, by the way, yeah. here in the last uh, last year, just by raising the Fed funds rate and other rates have, have reacted uh, likely. Yeah. Makes you worry about your children and your grandchildren and, and kind of what they're going to have to do to, to deal with this and, and sort of the when everything is corrected, yeah. you know, how how high the pain factor will be. Um, <clears throat> I want to go back to real estate a little bit. Sure. Uh, so it, it was interesting. Do you do you remember 10 years ago? What was the median home value in Columbia? Hmm. Maybe 170, around 170? Could be. I, yeah. You know, I can go back seven yeah. years and tell you. Yeah, tell us seven years. Uh, hang on just a sec. Um, 2017, uh, it was $212,000. 212000 And what is the median home value in 2022? 327 327 So over 100000 more. Yeah. yeah. So, but that, by the way, just by the years. way, yeah. that all, not all, I'll say, I bet, 85 to 90 percent of that happened in the last two years yeah. where that appreciation yeah. took yeah. place yeah columbia typically did not have a lot of home appreciation hmm. you know particularly on on uh, exist what they call existing homes yeah and there's some other little nuances in here that are kind of interesting what would be normal three or four percent appreciation two percent two to five percent two to five percent depending upon the value of the house you know Mm -hmm. if you build a million dollar home in columbia it's probably not appreciating a whole lot yeah if you build a hundred and fifty thousand dollar home you know it probably is appreciating at a little greater rate yeah and part of the reason that for that is what's happened to commodity prices with with inflation you know Mm -hmm. lumber was at fourteen hundred bucks i think they call it a per thousand foot or something mm-hmm. like that it's a, it's at 400 right now oh. but it last march it was at 1400 yeah you know and just add on to that you know pvc pipe is used steel aluminum you know name name your poison almost in terms of commodities that go into a home yeah and not to mention land and labor which have gone up yeah so when you look at 2022 as a whole uh, what's your takeaway just about the real estate market all by itself um through November, which is the the most current data I can get from mm-hmm. the Columbia Board of Realtors, um, sales are down 17%. Mm. That's actually a little greater than the national average, which surprised me because there are other indicators that show that our market is probably a little better. For instance, um, let me just talk. I'm, I'll, I've got, I brought their report with me, and um, I'm just going to go through some highlights here that that maybe you and I had talked about. That's a number I have not heard, uh, down 17% versus 2021. Versus 2021. Yeah. And that's through the month of November. Yeah. Amazing. And it's a, but but even what's, even, scar- activity, what's, I mean, even, yeah. Yeah. what's even scarier is that uh, if you just look at the month of November, what were sales this November versus last November, um, they were down 39%. Ooh. In in other words, the the decline is is steepening, yeah. if you will. Yeah. In the latter part of the year here. The latter part yeah. of the year. So. Down 39% November over November. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that really is. We are visiting with Jeff McClellan. Uh, Jeff is uh, the retired chairman of the board at Landmark Bank. Uh, he has spent over 30 years studying these economic trends in Columbia, and it's, it's always a great conversation, uh, great insight to our local economy. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with, with Jeff, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, Columbia's overall economy. We'll step outside of the real estate market and talk about the, the other things that are happening. All of that and more is coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry. We're visiting with Jeff McClellan. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle.
This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Jeff McClellan, the retired chairman of the board of uh, Landmark Bank. Uh, spent, um, uh, was it 23, 25 years at the bank? How, how long were you there? Almost 25. So, almost 25. And, and uh, a lot of folks will remember doing business with Jeff. Uh, things were different way back then. Uh, not that long ago, only 12 years ago. But, uh, uh, boy, the banking community has changed a lot. Uh, Jeff, we want to kind of maybe put a, a fine point on on the our conversation about the real estate market as we as we look at the, the bigger uh, economy. But uh, let's talk a little bit about inventory and days on market and how that part of the real estate market has changed. Let, let me uh, let me come back to one thing yeah. first. I, I brought a stat that I thought was very interesting. Uh, I did say earlier that most of the home appreciation had come in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. The average home uh, through November this year sold for three hundred twenty six thousand. Wow! A year ago is two ninety two. Two years ago it was two fifty six. So you've had seventy thousand dollars of appreciation from twenty twenty to to twenty twenty two. Now does that come back? Um I mean, if if people are borrowing seventy five percent to to loan to value, I mean, is that does that come back and and sort of can that bite a bank? Um, is, does that create any problems when you've had that fast of appreciation? What what what's the downside of that? We've never really experienced um, decreasing real estate values here yeah. in Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet I will tell you, I experienced it in Dallas before I moved up here. Um, I, I don't think there's that much speculation in this market, mm-hmm. which I think has helped us over time. Mm-hmm. And another thing is that this economy has been pretty doggone resilient because, and I'll get to this at a point later, but if you look at our top employers, they are pretty um, pretty steady and pretty stable. Yeah. And whereas in other markets, they're much more uh, – they're much more affected by the the national economy. Yeah, we have we have a few now that are affected by the national economy. Yeah, but anyway, it can happen. And yes, uh, you know, if a, a banker can look pretty damn stupid, if they let's say you've got a hundred thousand dollar lot and you loan somebody seventy five thousand dollars to to buy that lot, and all of a sudden it drops in value. And I saw this in Dallas, mm-hmm. real estate dropped by fifty percent. All of a sudden you had seventy five thousand dollars against a $50,000 asset. Wow. And guess what? Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> it's real tough. Um, yeah, fascinating. All right, so uh, let's talk about uh, days on market. Um, okay, that's l- l- let me do inventory first. Okay. Um, the, actu- the, the normal inventory level for real estate is around five months, oh. if you will. Okay. And, you know, if you just look back to 2017, 2018, the month of November – you had about uh, five months of, of inventory. From the day that the home was listed till the day it was sold and closed was five months. That's correct. On average. No, that's the number That's the number of homes inventory. In other words... Oh, the number... So you have five months of... Right. of so if we sell... You have five months of sales. Right. So <laughs> if you normally sell 100 homes a month... You'd uh, have 500, 500 homes, homes on the market. Okay, I'm with yeah. you now. Very good. And But that dropped, you know, over the last couple of years. That got below one in several months. It it varies by month. You know, yeah. you, you sell 50% of the homes in this market from May, June, July, and August. The other 50% are sold in the other eight months. Oh, okay. So, yeah. you know, it's just one of those anomalies, yeah. but... Uh, but anyways, it dropped well below uh, one month's inventory, which means there was hardly uh, anything on the market. And uh, let me get let me get 
today's here. Um, Brian Tui does a good job out of, out there putting all these Columbia stats Board of together. Realtors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, average days on market. Um, here we go. Uh, if you look back, you know, back in two years ago, we had like sixty to seventy days on the market mm-hmm. in November. Uh, currently, um, it's about twenty-four days, which is up from. Um, well, it was eight days in June of this year. Yeah, and then interest rates started uh, climbing up. Interest rates started climbing game. up in yeah. March, yeah. and and all of a sudden, inventory is building. Days on the market is increasing. But by the way, a um, couple things I meant to mention: our our prices are are holding. They are not nationwide. They are oh. starting to drop. Really. And for instance, the national. If you look at national uh, sales by month, even though we're a little greater. We actually had an up month, uh, I think it was in April, and national national sales are down 10 straight months in a row. Wow. We're down, I think, six in yeah. a row. So why are we insulated from that? Why why is why does Columbia... Again, it's our stable market. If yeah. you look at our big employers, and you know the, the biggest one is University Hospital, I mean, mm-hmm. excuse me, MU and yeah. University Hospital and Clinics, and that's like 14,000. Yep. But you go on down there, City of Columbia, a lot of them are government types of, of, of uh, jobs. Yep. And those are pretty stable. Mm-hmm. Healthcare, yeah. <coughs> Excuse yeah. me. Those are pretty stable. Yep. You know, so that keeps this market. Uh, I won't call it propped up, but it it provides a stable foundation. Is a better way to describe yeah. it. Yeah. Interesting. So um, I'm going to. So let, let me just ask you this: uh, uh, What advice would you give to somebody who is contemplating buying or selling a home right now? What would you What, what would you tell them to do? Spring is going to be here before you know it. Yeah, you know, I think it's a it's it's turned into a buyer's market. Okay, and that, but I think it's going to become more of a buyer's market. Wow, why? Because uh, I think there are going to be more homes on the market, bigger choices, mm-hmm. uh, probably less buyers because of the level of interest rates. Mm-hmm. That said, I think interest rates could be down by the end of the year. Down how uh, much? I I don't know, Fred. <laughs> you know, it's. <laughs> Break well, out that crystal ball. Yeah, for us. It, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, five uh, percent. Yeah, you know, which will seem like a bargain. Which, by the way, to you and me, yeah, because you know, I it's, remember yeah. I, when I borrowed for a home and paid fifteen yeah. percent in nineteen eighty one. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I tell that to my kids, and they look at me like I got. Yeah. Boy, you really are old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very real, and yeah, it wasn't it that long ago, to, to, to be to be honest. But uh, what about someone who's maybe contemplating a uh, a career in real estate? Is this a good time or a bad time to get in? It's it's a tough time to get yeah. into the market. You okay. know, um, when you look at most anything, you know, you got the the old eighty twenty rule. Yeah. About twenty percent of the realtors are really good in yeah. this town. Yep. And and they do a lot of a lot of the sales. You know, yep. and they've cultivated that over the years. Yeah. And uh, you know, you can look at any one of the the houses if you will the brokerage houses and they got one or two realtors or maybe more than that in the case of some but that really do well yeah in a good market and in a bad market yeah and this is not a bad market i think it's still pretty good mm-hmm. but tough time to break in yeah my guess is that you know if we go anywhere from having 600 700 800 realtors at any given time uh i would say that number uh come january 1st uh will be a little smaller you know, than it has been just because it's, it's so much tougher yeah. uh, right now. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the um, uh, sort of the big picture things for our market. But in the past, uh, you know, we've always studied, uh, we've followed education, 
health care insurance as uh, the the biggest employers. I think last year you and I said, you know, there's been a lot of growth in home mortgage businesses. You know, you've seen that with Veterans United and and uh, Flat Branch Mortgage. Um, but uh, are those still the big drivers in our economy? Those those three industries? I, I really don't think so. Okay, tell me why. I, I think education clearly is there, and then yeah. I, you know, to me, it's going to be a long time before the university of Missouri and University Hospital and Clinics is not the biggest driver in town. Right. It just is, and mm-hmm. it will probably continue to be, although, you know, they've got some demographic issues to deal yeah. with, which we can talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think healthcare also is continuing uh, to be a big driver. Yep. I don't think insurance is quite as much. What it was. Why? And I, why, I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. State Farm. Ah, where where yeah. are they? That's right. They're gone. You know, that's right. Yeah. Very quietly, they're yeah. gone. You know, yeah. they consolidate into Phoenix, Dallas, and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And and those were operations jobs primarily that they had here, or management. Yeah. And and they're pretty much gone. There are a few people here, I think, that work remotely. Yep. But, but basically, that was a thousand-person employer who is no longer here, yeah. you know, and kind of quietly phased out. Yeah. And you know what's interesting, uh, and I think every time we, we talk, we talk about Walter Johnson and, and his uh, recession-proof Columbia, but, but you know, the last year, the last two years have been particularly tough for healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, the profits at University Hospital are way down. They're still profitable, but they're way down from what they were. Boone Hospital has not been profitable for, for some time. Um, and so, you know, when those are big drivers in your local economy and neither one of them are doing very well financially, there is a trickle-down effect uh, through the rest of the community. There is, but, you know, if, if you go back, mm-hmm. what happened? You know, look at the Columbia Orthopedic Group. Yeah. How much surgery is done uh, there in their basement. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been cut on there yeah. at least three times yeah. myself. Yeah. And, you know, so there's a lot of outpatient surgery that takes place yep. around the town. It, it, the structure has changed, and I don't, I don't intend to sound like a, a medical, nope. you know, or a healthcare professional, because I'm not. Yeah. But, uh, but the, the structure has changed. You know, it used to be if you had most anything go wrong with you, you had your surgery at the hospital, yeah. you stayed I don't know, two to five days and yeah. went home. Yeah. That's, boy, today, you know, you go in the basement there of Columbia Orthopedic Group and you're out in three hours yeah. and home. Same thing's true for endoscopy, for, uh, you know, imaging, everything has, has sort of left the hospital. So yep. it's, uh, it's a former Boone Hospital board member. We call it cherry picking. So anyway, the most lucrative services oh, so, have left the hospital. And that's my point. Yeah. yeah. It's still there, but it's in a different place. <coughs> So, so um, oh, let me come yeah, back. Yeah, what I, what I think has replaced insurance is financial services. Ah, okay. Now look at VU. Yeah, it, as the probably the biggest success story. Yeah. in terms of a company starting here and growing. I mean, they have what thirty five hundred employees. Well, it depends on who you ask, but some people say that you know nationwide they have as many as five thousand. Right, you but know? I think so, it's thirty five hundred yeah, here. That's impressive. And, and and you know when did they start? Fifteen yeah. years ago, yeah. twenty years ago, not yeah. that long ago. No. But but look at it more broadly. When I say financial services, they they make VA loans. Yeah. But you know, lump all your banks together. Yeah. You know. Uh, and and there are other mortgage, yeah. smaller mortgage companies, yeah. but uh, I think that is it's a big service business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a commodity business. Yep, and and it's huge. Yeah. Honestly, it's become probably the third leg that insurance was. You still have shelter. You have Columbia Insurance Group. You know, you've got some. Um, oh, um, Columbia Insurance Group. No, I'm not thinking. That was um, the second one. Yeah, um, the. Um, Workman's Comp. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, M-E-M. M-E-M. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh-huh. But you, you've got several, but it's not like, you know, 
Um, shelter has over a thousand employees. Yeah. So did so did State Farm. One of them's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think we're less dependent on insurance and perhaps more of a service economy now. Yeah. It's uh, it's fascinating to watch. I want to talk a little bit about the university because uh, I think there's some demographic shifts that are taking place. Uh, uh, if you look at the population uh, trend uh, dating back to 2007, 2008, 2009, uh, there is a big there was a, a significant drop in the birth rate uh, in this country. Um, and people say that was tied to the Great Recession. Um, I guess what I would like to sort of get your thought on is that, you know, there are so many things. COVID dramatically changed the University of Missouri. W- what do you see happening over there? Because that is such a big driver, as you've said, in our economy. Uh, what What's the horizon look like? Well, let's go back again, look a little bit of history. You mm-hmm. know, I think um, after the issues in 2015, yep. you know, their their um, uh, enrollment dropped fairly precipitously. Yeah, 5,000 students, That's I think. correct. Yeah. And, you know, they've they've recouped that, but they haven't gotten back. No, it, it dropped more than that, Fred. It dropped from like 30, 33 or 35,000 back to about 25,000. Oh, so 8,000. Yeah. Wow. It was more like 25%. Brutal. I mean, Brutal. it's huge. Yeah. yeah. Now, they've recouped. Uh, a large part of that but they really haven't if if you look at the last three years i think they're in about that thirty-one thousand uh range you know and that's about twenty-four thousand is undergraduate um then you've got about a thousand to fifteen hundred in what's called professional Mm -hmm. and the rest are graduate students in in the various disciplines Mm -hmm. um but you know, it looks to me like their growth, their their recoupment of of enrollment has kind of slowed down. Yeah. So you know, what about the future, man? I, I you know, I'm sure Mun Choi would like to have somebody yeah. tell him what it is. Yeah. You know, I think they've done a good job. Yeah. Uh, compensating for the, that huge drop mm-hmm. in enrollment, but I don't know what the future holds right. because um, I think, you know. How many people go to college now online? Yeah. I mean, it's just, and then you're right. COVID yeah. is, COVID, COVID was the catalyst. Yeah, that's right. COVID was the catalyst. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, so, you know, we're going to see a, partic- a precipitous drop, you know, of maybe another 5,000 students come 2025. Uh, just if you look at birth rate trends. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of people, you know, there's, I think there's growing, concern that a four-year college education is not what it used to be you know and and uh there's uh maybe we're a little pro- proactive about uh promoting trades and, and getting kids into to trades programs but um it, we we have less than a minute here let me come back and ask you when we come back from this break sort of if you were the president of the university uh lucky you you're not uh what would you do and and what should what would you be telling the 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 community of columbia to get ready for this this change in, in demographics coming to university we are visiting with jeff mcclellan a former chairman of the board at landmark bank and uh, uh someone who has uh, been monitoring economic trends in our community for 30 plus years uh, we'll come back uh, with jeff right after this break you're listening to 93.9 the eagle This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the third segment of the CEO Roundtable program. So glad you have tuned in this weekend. Happy New Year. I want to say just a special... 
word of condolences to uh, uh, the family of David Shore. David Shore has been a regular on this program over the years. And, of course, you have heard him on the Sunday morning roundtable across town for many years. But David uh, passed away very unexpectedly this week and, and at the the young age of 67 years old. And so uh, what a, a great man, great mind, uh, gave back a lot to the community. So uh want to just uh, send our condolences to Peggy and, and David's family. Um, but uh, thank you, David Shore, for all you did for Columbia uh, during your life. Uh, we are visiting with Jeff McClellan, who is the uh, former chairman of the board of Landmark Bank and uh, has been compiling this uh, very valuable, very interesting economic data for uh, over 30 years. And uh, we're, we're looking at all the different aspects. We just talked about the university. I'm always fascinated by something that a lot of people wouldn't consider an economic indicator, but you track the Columbia Public Schools enrollment. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of years ago, Maybe it was just last year. Um, there were some shocking numbers uh, in the enrollment of Columbia Public Schools that really you were the only person in town that noticed, you know what I mean, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, it didn't really make the media, but but it showed up on your radar, and, and otherwise none of us would have known about it. But what what's happened in the last couple of years with Columbia Public Schools? Um, they've stayed basically flat. <laughs> no growth? N- no growth. Okay. And, you know, I think there are a lot of factors there, uh, as with most any issue. But, number one, people learned how to learn outside of a classroom. Yep. You know? Number two, um, and I'll go ahead and say it, I think the quality of education in Columbia Public Schools is not what it used to be. Yep. Um, 20, 30 years ago, even maybe 15 years ago. You're going to get canceled if you're not careful. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, but I think what people have done is, you know, p- places like uh, Columbia Independent School, Father Tolton, yep. and, and I think there's a lot of homeschooling going on. I think, yep. you know, they're, I don't think some people like the curriculum, you know, and they're going to they're gonna teach their kids the way they want them to be yeah. Uh, taught. Yeah. In 2021, you noticed that about 900 kids had disappeared. 929. 929 <laughs> kids had disappeared from enrollment at Columbia Public yeah. Schools. And, and, you know, we're used to hearing the same song and dance about, oh, we're adding another 600 students this year, you know. But we didn't hear much about 929 kids leaving the system, which I, I found to be very disappointing. Yeah. Um, What's the latest on that? Can you tell by the numbers? Have those kids returned? Are they still gone? What, what do you know? You know, I I don't have the current numbers, and I'm sorry I don't. Mm-hmm. But um, I, last time I looked, they they had been flat. Yeah. So and uh, you know the testing scores have not been have not been very impressive the last few years. You know, demographically yeah. also, I think there's an issue there. I mean, I think uh, as you mentioned before, you know, a lot of those kids born in the late two thousand. The first decade of the 2000s, mm-hmm. you know, they were less kids. Yeah, yeah. And despite the fact Columbia continues to grow. You yeah, know? yeah. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little later. And property tax revenues continue to grow. Oh, yeah, which 86%. I noticed. <laughs> I noticed. You ought to be a grandparent. I know. But I'm like, I'm like uh, I, you know, I used to remember the, the people who didn't have kids would, would gripe about paying property taxes. And now that my kids are out of the system, I'm like going, okay, it's time for me to start griping about property taxes more, too. But, but it, it's... The increases have been significant. Uh, the increase in personal property taxes this year was, uh, in my mind, inexcusable. Um, and uh, but 
people have to know that 86% of those dollars are going to our public school system, right. you know, and so, and supposedly they're dealing with fewer students. The results have not been what they are, but yet we continue to give more and more money, yeah. uh, to our public school system. So that's a, that's another show. Sorry to drag you into that, Jeff. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, I want to, uh, talk a little bit about, um, sort of, the impact of inflation. Um, and, and I guess in some respects, it, it may be an, an obvious answer, but, uh, inflation is not something that really we've had to deal much with in, in the, in, it hasn't been much of a concern for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. What, tell me what's happened in the last two years that, that maybe has gotten your attention. Well, let's go back to COVID. You know, mm-hmm. I hate to, hate to make it yeah. such a big issue, but yeah. it, it was such a, a change for all of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we're all locked up in our homes for months, yeah. it seemed like. And, uh, but why do I bring that up? There was lots, lots of stimulus passed by our Congress. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, at this point, I can't even remember how many trillions of dollars were put into circulation over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here we had this surprise omnibus bill, even last week. You know, one point seven trillion. I mean, I think I think we've all forgotten a trillion dollars is just un- incomprehensible yeah, to me. It's a lot of money. I can't even figure out how much it is. Yeah. You know, I ran a little over a billion dollar bank, and, and that was a good size bank. Yeah, yeah, you know, and we did a lot. Yeah, but it was a billion dollars. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just. Yeah, I think billions and trillions are just like funny money, you yeah. know. Yeah. And nobody truly understands what we've done. So okay, we we put way too much money in circulation, mm-hmm. and and then you know uh, we've had this run up in the price of oil uh, because there's a war on fossil fuels, mm-hmm. you know, and we all know it, and we're transitioning to uh, you know cleaner energy. But that's something that ought to take place over 20 years. Not, right. you know, we can't transition that fast. Yeah. And uh, it's just not economically feasible. Yeah. Um, but Brutal. anyway, I think, you know, we were told it was all tran- transitory. But what happens is, is the price of things go up, which they did. Um, you know, then all of a sudden, Fred feels like, I got to make more money. Yeah. Or I'm going to go someplace else. Well, you, as an employer, you're sitting there. It's a huge concern. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you give your, your people five, six, seven percent raises just to keep them whole and, and still make money? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a real conundrum. I mean, it's huge. Well, I think if you're, uh, the city, uh, government, county government, Columbia Public Schools, it's, it's easier, you know, than, than one might think. But there in itself is a problem, I guess. Yeah. You know, but, you know, we, we've all had a decrease in our standard of living. Let's yeah. just face no it. Question. I mean, uh, it's just happened. Yeah. You know, and, uh, how long will we put up with it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hate to see, I, there's nationally, there's a huge issue, which is that, um, think of a car, you know, you hit the accelerator to speed up and you hit the brake to slow down. You've got the Fed that is raising interest rates at, at almost a, an historical rate mm-hmm. to put the brake on the economy, yeah. you know, and, and bring down. That's the way you bring down inflation. Yeah. And and you got the Congress approving another $1.7 yeah. trillion yeah. Dollars in, in, uh, in in spending. Yeah. You know, it's like they're they're on the accelerator and the Fed's on the, the yeah. brakes. You know, I mean, that's hard on a car. Yeah. You ever tried it? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Janet Yellen who's saying, well, we're really, uh, things are just fine. Yeah, right. They're going to be okay for a while. Right. Well, look at polls and tell you, yeah. you know, if the country's headed in the right direction. Yeah, that's right. You know, when 70% of the people tell you it's not. Yeah. The number one pain point for CEOs in this community and maybe nationwide uh, is uh, basically workforce issues. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, not only, you know, the dilemma of whether or not you can give your employees raises, which, you know, they need to keep up with the cost of living, but uh, 
what is what, what are you seeing in terms of uh, jobs in Colombia? Uh, growth rate. Uh, you used to always take a very uh, uh, informative look at how much uh, labor we were importing and exporting. Um, do you have any of those updated numbers? Yeah, let's. Um, what I follow is the Bureau of Labor Statistics, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, they, there's a big. Not, not a big, but there's about a three month lag time. Hmm. So the latest numbers I've got are are October. Uh, you know, which I guess isn't too yeah, bad. It's not it's bad at all for December, us. Yeah, but uh, you know, when you look back, I I kind of go back because if you you can see this chart, you see the big dip. Oh yeah, that's COVID. Ah, and, interesting. Uh, okay. Well, it's interesting because I'll go back to 2020 when all that happened. You know, we we sat at uh, labor force of 99,000 uh, in December. Now I need to say that. Um, it, the labor force is seasonal. You see a buildup towards the end of the year, it's, and it's basically your Christmas holidays oh, okay. and big retail numbers. Right. But anyway, we were sitting in um, in February of 2020, we were sitting in a labor force of 99,300. And by May of that year, our labor force had dropped to 88,000. Wow. So, you know, and that's when we were in the middle of the lockdown. Yeah. Okay. Now, it rebounded pretty well. So that um, let's just pick uh, December of 2020 when it was back up to about 98,000. Mm. And um, since then, and including the month of uh, October, we've been in 101,000. So our, um, our labor force has grown, um, you know, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at least it's grown. It's you know? grown, absolutely. Now, the problem, Fred, is on the other side of the equation yeah. is that, you know, what is our unemployment rate? Yeah. 1.9%. Yeah. And that is near, I remember maybe 15, 20 years ago, is down about 1%. Yeah. You know, and, and you Which couldn't find... Which is considered find, negative. I mean, I mean you're... 3% yeah, is three, considered... Yeah, flat. Flat. Yeah, yeah. So anytime you're under that 3% yeah. number, and of course, the further you get below that number, you know, so you've got this big problem again you've you've got uh wages increasing mm-hmm. you've got low unemployment and you know what does that force people to do is raise wages so mm-hmm. that's a little bit of built-in inflation right there yeah i mean so i i don't i see inflation coming down there are lots of indicators that is happening yep and you know you can look at the cpi or you can look at a lot of other things and you know you notice what's happened to gas prices yeah. now they're they've popped up a little bit here in the last week or so but um you know i see inflation coming down but i still see it being with us primarily you know if you'd asked me even a month ago i would have said you know yeah they're getting it under control and it i'm positive and then they pass this damn 1.7 yeah. trillion bill and yeah. you say yeah. what the hell are they yeah, doing absolutely um, and, and it's one party. I mean, you. It, I mean, you just. Uh, which is the way things are working right now. So it's kind of a. Yeah, but you got to blame both. Yeah. Oh, no question. I'm go back to Republicans Trump. are no go back better. to Trump. Yeah. You know, we yeah. ran trillion dollar deficits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Republicans I mean, I, are no more fiscally responsible than Democrats. No, they are, know? and so, I, I frustrates yeah. the hell out yeah. of me. So uh, we only have a couple of minutes left here, and there's a, a couple of, of quick questions I want to get to. But uh, the Federal Reserve. Uh, Based on the way that they have handled uh, sort of the the economy the last eighteen months, uh, what grade would you give them on uh, uh, A to F? Uh, how how do you think they're doing? In terms C of minus. C minus. Okay. The, the other thing I want to just as as you look back over the the thirty plus years that you've been uh, tracking Colombia's economy, what what are the takeaways? What's the what are the one or two things that really just stand out uh, in your mind about uh, our local economy? There are probably three. Okay. 
the first is you know how uh, robust the growth has been in this economy mm-hmm. over 30 years. Yep. Um, you know, give you an example. It's driven by our population growth. And that, of course, is driven by the University of Missouri mm-hmm. and, and all the companies like VU, I'll mention them. But, you yeah. know, even Midway Arms, I mean, oh, yeah. I probably shouldn't even mention individuals mm-hmm. because we've had a number of success stories, yeah. equipment share. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, the growth, but, but it's driven by population. And l- l- let me tell you why I think that is so important. Uh, I, this morning, I, I looked it up, I thought, well, what the hell was the population of Columbia in, in 1990? Mm-hmm. I got here in ni- in uh, 90 in 87, excuse me. It was about 67,000, but it was 70,000 in 1990. Mm-hmm. And it's probably around 130 to 131,000 yeah. right now. Yep. We've almost doubled. Yeah. Um Jeff City has gone from 35,000 to 42,000 in the same time frame. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. Second thing, um, the resilience of this economy. Mm-hmm. We've been through some fairly tough times in the last 30 years. And then the last thing is just we've diversified. Oh, you yeah. Know, we, uh, we used to be so dependent upon education and insurance and uh, health care. Yeah. Health care. Yeah. 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 And it's so, diversified. Yeah. yeah. So. Jeff McCollin, thank you so much. Great to have you on. Uh, always insightful. Thank you for 30 plus years of work on this. We'll have you on again soon. I'm Fred Perry signing off for the CEO Roundtable. You've been listening to 90. Three nine the eagle. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love.